behind the chair. This is America. Does everybody know what time it is? Fix It Radio. And it is that time. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today on this Saturday, which... Also replays on Tuesday, so we appreciate all of you listening on both days. And Sunday. Oh, Sunday as you well. Thank you always forget the Sunday. Yes, I do. <laughs> Dennis Brewster with me today, and you brought somebody with you. I did. Brought my lovely wife, Pam. And she's, a lot, she's a lot better looking, by the way. Yeah, oh, than I am. Yeah, you, you bet she is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Good to yeah. be here. Thanks. Yeah. No, no offense and taken there, huh? None. <laughs> okay, none. And, and we were talking about trees last week and, and landscaping and stuff, and, and I... Condor in to bring it to come in. Well, you have, you, she has a specialty in that area. She is just so smart with that stuff. It just blows me away. And I learned I learned something this week, you know, because I was thinking we had to do something. But we'll talk okay. about it a little bit. So along those lines, those yep. of you that are listening, if you have a question for us, uh, you know, in that regard, please use this opportunity today to make that phone call, 303-477-5600. There's several things we'll talk about, but with Pam being here, we'll really focus mainly on you know, that end of things. So if yeah. you've got a question, you can text us as well, 307-200-8222. And even if it's Tuesday and you have a question along these lines, you're welcome to still text us. I can still get a hold of Dennis yes, and he can, can ask Pam and we can still get those answers. So that's not a big deal there. That's easy to do. So 307-200-8222. So where do you want to start? I don't know. Let's, let's start with, um, we were talking last week about what's in a nursery that these nurseries are selling plants that will never survive here, but people are buying them. And they're also still selling noxious weeds, which they. When we talked about the Russian doing, olives, right? You were, we were talking right. about the Russian olives. That's so. where it started. Right. Yeah. But there are still some species being sold that are actually, believe it or not, I read a big article on this the other day because it's part of also what I do with my other hats that I wear. Right. And there are, there are literally still nurseries around the country that because there's just not enough ability for. Uh, the USDA to do the checking necessary, there are still noxious weeds that people used to plant on a regular basis that have now been classified as a noxious weed, Russian olive being one of those. Now, they're, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a Russian olive sold in a nursery anymore, but right. there are other type of bushes and things along those lines that are now considered noxious weeds that are still being sold in a lot of nurseries. So it's one of those things that you really need to check on the front side. Yeah, and she was working in a nursery, so she saw that. Right, so I was at uh, Pine Lane Nursery, and um, they haven't, um, they didn't have any noxious weeds. So a noxious weed is... Yeah, explain that. Yeah, so a noxious weed is um, classified, something that um, there's a, a different criteria for. It's something that's very aggressive, that's going to take over any kind of natives. Um, something that is poisonous, you know, could also be considered as right. a noxious weed. And so Colorado has a list of noxious weeds. You can always go on to the um, Colorado State. Uh, it's Department of Ag, right? I exactly. Department okay. of Ag. Also, CSU has that information, too. Um, you know, so, um, so those can't be sold. So you could, there's noxious weeds, and then there's very, like, aggressive weeds, mm -hmm. or, or even shrubs, or, or ground or cover. Or trees, right? Exactly right. That, that hasn't been um, uh, 
classified as noxious. But they can still be But they very can take over right? exactly until they're okay. on, put onto that list. So those okay. can still be sold. Okay. You know, but not the noxious Colorado um, you know, the state of Colorado mm-hmm. really does the Department of Ag really does um, check on these uh, nurseries to make sure that okay. they are not being sold. Good. So of course like Russian olives, you know, which were, which were, by the way, at one time were very popular in Colorado. Very popular. It was there's one still of, a lot of them around. Exactly, and they're still even being reseeded, you know, from birds. Sure. You know, sure. so so they're still they're still around. Is my point? They've, exactly. They've, they've not right. been eradicated by any means. No. Not at all. No, and, and and it's not bad on on people's property. Where it's bad is around waterways. So when they are around waterways, you know, they have the thorns on it, so the wildlife cannot get to those waterways. Oh, I'd never thought of that. Yeah, and so and so. That's why it's what's him. the other okay. what's the other ones down by Grand Junction when you so try like tamarisk, tamarisk, you know, salt cedar, you know, those are also noxious. Yep. They also take a lot of water. Okay. You know, they don't have the thorns, so wildlife can still get to it, but they do take up a lot of water along those waterways, Colorado, you right. know, the you know. Right. Um, I so. never thought it, of the thorns in the wildlife. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, because those things are nasty. They are. Oh, right, but, yeah. but I mean, they do well in the prairie. They do. My, my dad, yeah. growing up, had a whole hedge behind his house of those things. And, and this is how fast they grow, folks. And most of you that have been around know this, but some of you that maybe haven't don't know this. About a Russian olive, you can literally cut the thing down to a stump. I'm mm-hmm. not exaggerating. Mm-hmm. You literally can get it down to where it's two yeah. or three feet high. Right. And within two or three years, it will be another 10, again. 15 feet yeah. high Exa- again. They grow exactly. that fast. Yes. Exactly. It's unbelievable. That's yeah. why people planted them. Mm-hmm. And, right. and the city of Aurora planted those things like crazy back in the day, back when I was growing up. Okay. Mm-hmm. We had them all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And elm trees. Elm trees the same way. I don't know about you guys. I, we, we've, we've, I got some elm trees from our house in Aurora and there were little things, you know, and I stuck them in the ground with a rod. Yeah, we just placed pushed them, them on the our ground. property. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and now we're trying to get rid of them, and they just really? keep coming back Oh, yeah, tenfold. really weedy, yeah. Oh, and they're just mm-hmm. nasty trees. They all died. The big ones died. Uh-huh. And now you got this ugly-looking tree well, there. Well, you know, and the other misconception, and again, these are things that we'll get into and talk about through the hour. So if you've got a question along any yeah. of these lines, what to plant, maybe what do you have on your property that you're wondering, yeah. you know, what do I do with this? How do I get rid of it? How do I thin it out? We can, we can answer those questions today, mm-hmm. 303-477-5600. But the other misconception, too, that folks have, and I've, I learned this over the years, is everybody loves aspen trees. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a, you know, it's a form of a poplar, and they're a great mm-hmm. tree. Mm-hmm. The problem is they're planted at this elevation. Mm-hmm. which they're not meant to be. They were really meant to be at about, what, e, probably, what, 7,500 feet or above? Right, or above, exactly. And so they struggle <clears throat> at times at our elevation. They do, you know. I mean, they do... Um if you're going to plant them, plant them on a north side, something of protection on a north side of a slope um, where they don't get, you know, that full right. full sun because they don't like that heat on right. their roots, you right. know, so you have to mulch them They don't have too. very deep roots either, right? Right, right, yeah. So, yeah, they just kind of sucker along mm-hmm. and, you know, just come up every way. That, that's another thing, you know, if you put them in your yard and you're going to, you know, you can have them in a certain mulched area, but they're going to then sucker up into your yard and it's just going to be a mess. They're yeah. going underneath our sidewalk. Oh, yeah. Going into our oh, yeah, grass. they will. That's yeah. exactly what they do. Oh, yeah, yeah, they'll go under and suck, and then a tree will come right up yeah. in the middle of the yard. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's, and yeah. Now, in their in their day, and, and there's a lot of landscapers even today that will still plant them this mm-hmm. way. They were originally intended. The problem is this never works out this way, but they were originally intended to where you'll see in a lot of homes and landscaping where you'll have, you know, two spruce trees, and then mm-hmm. there'll be a, an aspen clump or, you know, a, an aspen tree in right. between. And the idea was... 
when everything is young and immature, you'd have this fill-in with the aspen between the spruce trees. As Mm -hmm. the spruce trees grew up and kind of came together, you then cut the aspen out, and you've got really two nice spruce trees at that point. The problem is most people never eradicate or get rid of the yeah, aspen, aspen tree so then it's still there and it's growing in and amongst the mm-hmm. you know the the, the, the spruce trees right. or the pine trees depending upon what was planted and then yeah. more of them are growing and more because of what what mm-hmm. pam just said a moment ago exactly. because they have shoots that, exactly and and folks um i was corrected on this a while back because i don't know what the actual oldest living organism in the world is but the Aspen slash poplar trees are the, somebody corrected me, the second oldest living organism on earth because they never really die. They just mm-hmm. continue to right. keep having shoots mm-hmm. come up. And it's one of those one of those plants, if you would, or trees mm-hmm. that just never goes away. Mm-hmm. Right. right, exactly. And again, if it's in the right circumstances, it's fine. not a bad yes. deal. Correct. But, you know, up, up in the mountains, for example, on a mountainside, that's mm-hmm. exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. But in your your home or your garden or your 9,000 square foot lot when you've now got shoots coming up into all the neighbors, it's a maybe yes. it's not the best tree to plant. Correct. It worked does that make sense? For us. Yes, it yeah. does make sense. It worked out yes. good for us because we have- You're in the middle of nowhere. I am yeah, too. And we're higher elta- elevation higher too. elevation yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's worked out pretty good for us. But, you know, and again, I say that because a lot of, uh, these are things, by the way, that a lot of landscapers and folks will not necessarily tell you because the other thing is, no offense, but, uh, you know, Aspens are cheap. Mm-hmm. You can buy a clump aspen tree, you know, a one-inch, you know, a trunk barrel size, you know, clump of aspens for little or nothing. I mean, they're not very expensive, and that's right. partially why they also get planted a lot mm-hmm. because it's a pretty inexpensive t- mm-hmm. tree, and they grow fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's exactly. the other thing they have going for them. You know, and yeah. when you start talking about trees, you know, there's, you know, you worked in the nursery, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's, you know, people would come in to buy a tree, and then she'd like you'd have to go through questioning, right? You have to ask them a lot of questions. Well, sure, yeah. Where are you going to plant it? Um, what kind of soil do you have if you right. do know? Um, is it going to be sunny? Is it going to be shady? Is it going to be, um, you know, is it going to be a mulched area? Um, well, is it going to be next for to a driveway, next to a sidewalk, next to the house? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, are, are you using it to cover somebody, to block somebody yeah, out, Yeah, do you want a shade? visual or do you want it just for shade for you? Um, yeah. yeah. There's so many questions you have to ask yourself. And the first thing you said was soil. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing people should be doing is testing what kind of soil they have before they do anything right. around their home. Right. Especially right? when it comes to trees. Yeah. Because that's the other thing that happens, too. And I've seen this, you know, Pam, and you have, too. I've seen this even with professional landscapers, which mm-hmm. oh, I use that term professional in a very loose term because there's a lot of folks out there that, that you know, do landscaping and things along those lines, especially when it comes to newer track homes where everything there is done on a bid. Mm-hmm. And it's done on who's the cheapest. Mm-hmm. Just being honest, folks, the builder comes in and says, you know, who, how can I get all of these front yards done in the neighborhood and who's going to do it the cheapest? They're not looking for the highest quality, folks. Right, no, definitely No offense, not. they're not. They're looking at who can put in, you know, an irrigation system, the sod, mm-hmm. the rocker mulch, mm-hmm. the bushes, mm-hmm. and the single tree usually that's in the front yard. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen over the years is if, if that tree in the front yard, this is just a great example, if it makes it, Typically, it's because it was either a really robust tree, mm-hmm. you just happened to have the right soil conditions around the tree that everything worked out because the meat, you know, the remediation that that particular company is going to do to make that tree grow mm-hmm. is nil. Mm-hmm. And right. you know what I mean by sure. that because a lot of the homes that are going in today are in a very, you know, clay soil mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. in our state mm-hmm. along the front range here, especially. 
And, you know, Pam can attest to this. That's a very difficult soil to put a tree in, mm-hmm. right? You, well, you know, actually, if you think of clay, um, clay has more nutrition and it holds more water. So the, the hardest thing with clay would be like if it's compacted. Correct. Now, if it wasn't compacted and had the air. That's um, fine. You know, I- exactly That's right. right. But, but when they do plant trees, if it's, if it's not compacted, well, if it's still compacted, Well, and keep in mind when you bad. build a house, what have they done around the house for the foundation? Yeah. They, it's yeah, all compacted. Correct. So it they've is, literally, exactly. you know, forced all of that down and, and, and the soil becomes very hard and almost right. to the point and where it's almost like... that's when it makes like, it very, yeah, very and, and difficult, yes. Point being, to, to Pam's point a second ago, if they've remediated mm-hmm. around that, mm-hmm. they've loosened that soil up, mm-hmm. they've even added a little bit of topsoil down inside also. of that ball area. Mm-hmm. If they've done all of that to where the roots then can go out into that area Pam right. just mentioned, mm-hmm. great, you're right. going to be fine. Right. That tree will grow. But I can guarantee you, because mm-hmm. I've seen it for myself, you can go to most new home areas in town and if you don't find one dead tree, I mean, right, you're going to find dozens of dead trees typically right. in a new home area, especially if it's two to three years after the builder has, has since left. And keep in mind, most of the time on that landscaping, they're giving you a one-year warranty. Well, if you're two or three years mm-hmm. down the road and that tree dies, guess who's replacing it? Right. You, are. you are. Yeah. Exactly. But just, just know that if you do have a clay soil, it's... Um, it's not a bad thing. You just have to amend a third of an amendment in go. with that clay soil, and that's going to break it up, make um, you know more okay. air. Hold that thought. That's okay. a great. That, let's yes. let's take a break. Right. Come back and talk about okay. everything you just said. What that means. Okay. Give people the exact. This is how we do that mm-hmm. end of things, so mm-hmm. that if they go to replant one of these trees I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Because it's not that hard, folks. You can do yeah. these oh, things on your, you own. on your yes. own. It's not difficult. We'll talk to you how to do that here in just a minute. If you got a question again, please let us know. 307-200-8222 is the text line. You can also send or you can also call in direct right now if it's a this is Saturday, Tuesday, I know you can't, but on Saturday you can call us direct and ask a question. 303-477-5600. Fix It Radio, myself, Dennis, and Pam Brewster. We'll be yes. right back here on Fix It Radio, KLZ five sixty. Can you believe how low rates are staying? Still in the twos. Back in the 40s and the 50s, rates were in the 5 to 6% range. How much longer are you going to wait? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable Interest Mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where our reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by door, NMLS 298191, equal credit lender. Arc Electric is family owned and operated since 1999. They specialize in all things electrical, commercial and residential, and are specialists in living off the grid when it comes to your power needs. Exclusive electrician for Xcel Energy's Home Smart program and for Blue Ribbon Home Warranty. For security and customer service, they'll notify you via text message or phone call when a tech is dispatched to your home. And also who that tech is so you know when they're on their way and who'll be helping you. They also have a big announcement. They will soon be offering HVAC. 
Arc Electric is also looking for team members that can troubleshoot and are great with customers and with technology. And as they add HVAC, those techs are needed as well. So for all your electrical heating and AC needs, it's Arc Electric. That's Arc with a K. Call 303-656-3689. That's 303-656-3689. The rebate program with American National Insurance saves everyone money by incentivizing responsible money management. Depending on the cost, customers of Paul Leuenberger will sometimes choose to pay out of pocket rather than making a claim because they'd rather receive the sizable rebate at the end of three years than pay their deductible now. As a result, American National Insurance tends to pay out fewer claims each year compared to the competition, which is in part what gives them an A credit rating. American National Insurance then passes along that benefit to their customers by keeping their rates as good or better than their competition. With other insurance companies, you'd need to purchase extra rider policies at additional cost in order to receive comparable coverage. But American National Insurance rewards personal responsibility. Call Paul Lewinberger now for more comprehensive home insurance coverage at remarkably reasonable rates. 303-662-0789. 303-662-0789. Buy an investment, not a job. Because John Rush has bought and sold his own businesses in the past, he has learned the hard way what happens when you purchase a disorganized company. You end up buying a job. John knows what it's like to work 80 hours a week just to keep a business afloat. He's not a broker, but he can spot the difference between a well-run company and a chaotic one. Hire John Rush to evaluate a business before you buy it. Email John at RushToReason.com. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air listens to their customers. After every AC installation, the customer service team at Absolute calls the homeowners to thank them for their patronage. During the phone call, they also ask about the customer's experience with Absolute. The leadership team at Absolute takes customer feedback seriously, implementing company-wide changes based on the responses they receive. Just in the past couple of months, Absolute has hired their first team of boiler techs based on customer demand, so they may serve homeowners with non-traditional heating systems this winter. Normally, HVAC companies have a hard time finding boiler techs because boilers require a very specific skill set. Fortunately for Absolute, techs want to work for a company that listens. Thanks to their 800 Google reviews, averaging 4.9 stars out of 5, Absolute attracts some of the most experienced talent in the industry. Call the team that listens, 720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Again, myself, Dennis, and Pam Brewster with us today. And Pam is an expert when it comes to the... You know, just not just the lawn care side, but shrubs and trees and bushes and the nursery, I guess, really that side of the fence. And we were talking before the last break. If you're somebody that's in one of those areas I just mentioned, which there's a lot of them out there, by the way, where, you know, you're, you've been in a home, maybe you've been there four or five years and all of a sudden the front tree, you can just tell this thing's just not doing well. In fact, you probably live in an HOA that is required that if that tree dies, 
it gets replaced. Mm -hmm. And Pam, you were mentioning that that's one thing you also have to pay attention to because typically the HOA has a guideline mm -hmm. as to what that replacement tree can, can be. even be, right? Exactly. So when we're at the nursery and someone comes in and says, I have to have a tree replaced, uh, we say, okay, have you looked on their website? What does that HOA what tree species will they allow. recommend allow? Because you can buy one, put one in, and they it's not on their list, and they will not uh, accept that. So you just wasted your money. Right. Yep. You know, the other thing uh, we haven't mentioned is Pam worked at the Soil Conservation District for I didn't know that. 25 years. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, yeah. So and, 25 and so she years in Elbert County and Douglas County. Also, I'm a Colorado Master Gardener for over 20 years. And you, yeah. yeah. And then the other thing you, you know a job? is... Huh? You want a job? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love so, a job. <laughs> yeah, right? But she, so she knows land management if you have acreage. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, pasture she, management, anything to do with yeah, so noxious weeds. Even if you have something like else that. you want to talk about, that's why... You know, this is great. Great mm -hmm. resource. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, she's a great resource. Mm -hmm. And even if I, if we're not on, you can always that's text right. John, mm -hmm. and he'll get to Pam, and we'll find out the answer. Sure. Okay. Yeah, for you. So you now have everything handled with the HOA. We know the kind of tree we're going to put back in, and there's even a certain caliper. Mm -hmm. What we mean by that is that's the diameter. diameter. When you say caliper thickness of the tree, that's the diameter mm -hmm. of the tree. It's the maturity of the tree, basically. Right. Mm -hmm is what we're saying and, the, and it goes in typically half inch to inch increments mm -hmm. so you can buy you know a three-quarter inch or a one inch or a five inch or a four inch or a two inch or and here's the other thing that i've learned over the years as well and pam can probably talk about this as well even though you may want to spend the big money and buy the really thick the you know the biggest tree trunk you can buy that's still portable and able to plant they don't necessarily always work as well on a replant as a one to two inch caliper tree would. Am I right in that, Pam? Right. So if you're able to get a smaller tree, I would I would advise that because um, you're you're spending less money to to do that. And so like when when a tree is uh, bald and burlap means that um, those roots about 85, 90 percent of those roots have been cut off to then be bald and burlapped and then for sale. Okay. So if you have like even a container tree of the same species, that container tree, maybe it could be one inch, um, you can plant that and then um, it could eventually catch up to the bald and burlap tree for a lot less money right. and easier to plant for yourself. Correct. If, if you can get away, I mean, you know, if you just want to buy a plant, you know, a tree, it doesn't always have to be the big one unless it's HOA right. specific. But. And, and, and again, what we have found even in, in our world as as the folks that are planting said trees is is those larger, more quote-unquote mature trees, it, it almost seems like, and tell me if I'm right in my thought process here, but it almost seems like when you plant those more mature trees, by the time they get over the shock value mm -hmm. of what just happened with the replant, mm -hmm. and because it, it takes time for them then to have their root get growth acclimated. go back out, right. and they get acclimated to yes. the new soil and all that sort of thing. By the time they do that and, and really start growing again, that two-inch caliper tree may actually end up being as large as a sure. four-inch caliper tree in the same amount of time. Same Am amount I of right? Time. Exactly right. Exactly right. So definitely look at, at those options, you know, if you, you know, can get away with a smaller tree. I okay. didn't believe that until when we moved out to our property and we bought seedlings, That's you right. know. And I go, Pam, why didn't we just buy the big trees? And we had some friends, a guy that we knew out there that sold us a couple big trees. And these seedlings surpassed those trees that were probably 15 foot. And we yep. bought these seedlings that she did through the Colorado State 
right? Or no, it was through Elbert County we bought them. Yeah, so Colorado State Forest Service. Yeah, but they were little tree seedlings. They weren't they weren't six inches tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they were probably about 12. 12, 12 inches yeah. starting, but, but still. We, still we planted those. Exactly. But we planted those, and in about 10 years, they surpassed the 15-footers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 20. the bald and yeah. burlap, yes. other trees, yes. Yeah, because exactly. those, like you said, they have to get acclimated, and it takes a long time for that to happen. It does for them to And And we're, to we lost out. a couple, too, mm-hmm. the bigger trees, mm-hmm. and after we paid for them, big money, you know, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's a there's a, I think, a real misconception yes in not only the public's eye but even sometimes in a landscape designer slash installer's eye that that larger caliper tree is somehow going to flourish and be better and and be more full and all these things opposed to the you know the smaller you know say one and a half to two inch caliper tree Mm -hmm. would be and the reality is that one to two inch caliper tree in most cases will will in a lot of times catch up to that larger caliper tree in the same amount of time. Right, because if you think about it, um, a container tree that that one one inch, two inch, or you know, one inch tree is in that container, all of the roots are in that container. Nothing's been cut off. So then they can be planted and then it could just already start. It's, and the shock factor isn't as bad. Right. And, and again, until you've actually experienced this, you wouldn't believe it. Mm-hmm, right. right. Because you would think, you know, in your mind, you would think, wait a minute, if I'm buying a four-inch caliper tree versus a two-inch caliper tree, well, then I'm, you know, two years, let's say, and I know it's not exactly that, but you right. know, I'm two years ahead of, of, of time mm-hmm. in the growth process with the four-inch than I am the two-inch. Well, not if that four-inch gets stunted for a year. Correct, and or it takes, longer. Or, yeah. or in some cases longer, and yeah, it takes that longer. much longer to catch up because, mm-hmm. and I, folks, I'm, this is the voice of experience. Mm-hmm. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen these things happen out right. in the field, and the reality is, you're not always gaining with that four-inch caliper Correct. tree, is my not point. And you're, pay- and you're paying a lot more money, but you're paying more. probably, and Pam, you can tell me if I'm right on this or not, but that four-inch, same species, four-inch versus two-inch, that four-inch could sometimes be four times more money than the two-inch caliper tree, am I right? Right, so so like in the nursery, that uh, Pine Lane Nursery in Parker, where I was at, you know, they had like... Um, Oh, like two, we we never saw really much like four. It's usually like um, one to maybe two and a half, three, you know, but I mean, definitely a lot less expensive for the, for the smaller and, and ones. And again, that folks and just, easier to, to this plant. comes down to dollars and cents as well. For mm-hmm. the nurseries or even the, because some nurseries will grow their own from a seedling. Mm-hmm. In a lot of cases, though, nurseries are actually buying from tree farms around the country, mm-hmm. which there are tree farms all mm-hmm, over the place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And these tree farms will have, you know, typically springtime big sales and most of the time these nurseries are buying the tree that you're not going to go buy that inch and a half caliper tree for example mm-hmm. they didn't grow that inch and a half caliper tree typically from a seedling mm-hmm. somebody else did they've brought it in right. and they've got space now mm-hmm. that's being occupied with that particular whether it's the grower or whether it's the nursery there's a certain amount of space that's been taken up now the reason why that four-inch caliper tree costs so much more is because think about it. It's been in wherever it was growing, mm-hmm. the nursery or the tree farm. It's been there that much longer, and for every year, yeah. every day, frankly, yeah. that it sits mm-hmm. there and grows, mm-hmm. they're charging you for that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's sure. essentially how this works. That's why that four-inch caliper tree is costing you so much more money because it just takes that much longer for them to get that tree to that size to then bring it to market and sell it. Right, yeah. 
People, and, and again, a lot of what I just said, a lot of folks never think about how no. it's sort of like our food. They think you go to the grocery store and it's automatically there. They forget there's a cattle farm or a there's pig a farm process, or, yes, yes, you know, yes, a yeah. corn a field or whatever else out there. And a, that's a how it all arrives at the, you know, at the grocery store. Yeah. Nurseries are there's, no different. There's so much in between that. Yeah. Very few nurseries in our area here are growing all of their own plants and trees. Right. Very right. few. Right. The majority right. of those are they, are buying those. now there are some big ones in town and please don't correct me because i know there's some big places in town that do grow some of their own seedlings trees shrubs and so on but by and large the majority of what you're buying from and especially if you're buying it from big box stores if you oh, think yeah. home depot grows trees think <laughs> yeah. again yeah. they do not they didn't yeah. do it in the back parking lot no, that's they, for sure no, they are bringing <laughs> yeah. all those in from tree farms yeah. and places that they have you know agreements with and they're their right. suppliers and so on mm -hmm. and that includes every single tree shrub bush flower you name it all of them are being brought in by what i just said mm -hmm. now what happens when you buy a tree from a, a from a, like pine lane nursery and it dies do you get a warranty on it do you how's yeah, that work? usually it's um if if the um in in for pine lane nurseries case and this might be all nurseries i don't i'm not really sure with other nurseries but um but if you buy a tree they plant it for you then it's a one year that it can be replaced because if, they've controlled the whole process exactly right? that they knew that they they did everything they good, did to plant it correctly which includes which we haven't got to yet we'll come back and do this the soil remediation and things mm -hmm, that need exactly to happen along right. those lines as well right right exactly again folks you can't just take a tree dig a hole and plant it right there's a i was going to mention are certain that soils in colorado where and if you're lucky enough to have the type of home that's in that area where you can do that great mm -hmm. knock your socks mm -hmm. off and there yeah. are some of those homes out there yeah but there's fewer and fewer of them especially ones that don't have mature landscaping the majority of homes in, and i've talked about this on my other program the majority of homes in this area now that are now being built new home areas yeah. and so on frankly folks i'm just being honest they're in areas that 30 years ago you would never had a house on mm -hmm. it was crap land i'm just yeah. being honest it's, oh, yeah. it was land that nobody would ever build a house on right, well right. when everything else is now gone when the premium land is gone what's left the crap land yeah. and mm -hmm. so they go in they you know they backfill they you know they remove soil they add soil they do all sorts of things and they then build neighborhoods in areas that when you and I were kids in Pam, when mm -hmm. we were young, mm -hmm. you just wouldn't have built homes there because it just wasn't cost effective at that time right. to make to you know to do all of that excavation work and do the things necessary to actually put a subdivision in. It just didn't work back then. Prices now are up enough to where you can now take that crap land. And I'm calling it that because that's what it is, literally. Yeah. I mean, some of these homes are being built in areas where if you look around the area that your home's going in and there's not a tree in sight, it's crap land. Yeah. <laughs> Am I right? I would assume. I mean, you know, so, I mean, so. No I mean, crap land as yeah. in like not farmland where yeah. you'd have topsoil yeah. and the ability to grow right, crops and do right. things like that. You know, we are in the high desert plains mm -hmm. east of the Rocky Mountains. Mm -hmm. That's what this whole area yeah. is. Now, mm -hmm. even with all of that, there were parts of our area where there was still some good farmland. You know, you go up towards even Longmont, Berthoud, Frederick, some of those areas. There's, there's a lot of farmland up mm -hmm, in that area. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty good land to grow crops on because right. they still are, mm -hmm. okay? Now, as you get closer to the mountains, 
and and or you get down like where you guys are in some of the hill country and so on you're mm-hmm. in a very rocky you know it's, it's not farmland let's just say it and i'm not maybe crap land is and it's the not right farmland but, but it's pasture it's, land. it's pasture land it's yeah. not farmland. Mm-hmm. even that's different yes than some of the land that some of these subdivisions are going in now that literally there wasn't a stick growing in some of this land that they're now building houses on. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. There wasn't any grass mm. growing. There's no prairie. St- there's no sage. There's nothing growing in some of this land because it was just the type of soil that nothing grew on. Yeah. Right. So really, depending, I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of soil, just what the best you can possibly do is, um, you know, definitely amend it. No matter if it's a sandy, loamy soil or a really sandy soil or really clay soil, because even if you amend it, so with the, with the clay soil, if you amend it, it's going to break it up because those little platelets of soil, um, they just lay on each other. And if you amend it, then you'll get some more um, air to go in there and you need air. You need oxygen and you need water for plants to grow. And for the sandier soils, if you do the amendment, then it's going to hold more water. Okay. So, so, so you don't out. have to really know what kind of soil you have. Just know that you need to amend it okay. for the best. All right. Yeah. We'll talk about that amendment process in a moment when we come back. Don't go anywhere, folks. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Your teenager is your biggest financial risk. You buy reliable auto insurance in part to protect yourself from financial loss in case you get in a wreck with large repair expenses for your own vehicle. But you also buy reliable auto insurance to protect yourself from lawsuits. Now, you might not think you make enough money to be at risk of getting sued, but you do have a teenager who drives your car. Let's pose a little scenario that we heard from a real KLZ listener. Your granddaughter is driving your car and gets in a major wreck. You do have auto insurance, but it's not enough coverage. You only have the state minimums. So the other person's insurance company comes after you personally for everything they can get. For years afterward, part of your paycheck goes towards paying someone else's bills. With the right coverage, this could have been avoided. Get the auto coverage you need from Paul Lewinberger of American National Insurance. Call 303-662-0789. 303-662-0789. Take aim. Affordable Interest Mortgage has been offering the Asset Manager all-in-one loan for over 11 years. We are experienced in helping homeowners pay thousands less in interest on their mortgage, own their home faster, all without spending one dime more. 720-895-0500. Take aim. Affordable Interest Mortgage, where we have hundreds of clients that have been using this loans to build their equity faster, access emergency funds when necessary, and pay off their home in 8 to 13 years versus 25 to 30. People initially believe this loan is too good to be true, but it is true. Call 720-895-0500 now to see if you qualify. Loans from 100000 to $2.5 million, same rate. Ask our previous clients. They will tell you it works. Call 720-895-0500 and work with the experts. This loan has been around since 1965. Affordable interest mortgage, where it's all about you. 720-895-0500. Regulated by DOOR, NMLS 298191, Equal Credit Lender. RoofMax is the fountain of life for your roof and will bring your shingles back to life. The natural oils in the asphalt protect your roof as weather and temperature cause the material to expand and contract daily. This oil gradually evaporates over time, causing your shingles to dry out and lose their flexibility. You may start to see your shingles cracking, breaking, streaking, and curling. Granules may begin flaking off. 
RoofMax could reverse minor curling, cracking, and granule loss to make your shingles like new again. The water-soluble plant-based treatment extends the life of your roof by at least five years, guaranteed. Call Dave Hart now for a free assessment of your asphalt shingles, 303-710-6916. He will go anywhere from the eastern slope to the eastern Colorado border and from Cheyenne to the southern border. Mention Rush to Reason for $100 off your treatment, 303-710-6916. Happy customers lead to a successful business. From the beginning, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air has had one defining goal, happy customers. Owner and founder of Absolute, Lewis, had been known to personally drive to a job site to solve a customer's electrical issue. As a master electrician himself, Lewis wanted to make sure every job was done right. But in order to become the number one home services provider in the Denver metro area, Lewis couldn't keep handling every job himself. He needed a team of technicians he could trust to serve customers with the same level of care that he would provide. Over time, Lewis and his leadership team developed a thorough vetting process unique to the industry to find technicians with both technical aptitude and the customer service skills that set Absolute apart. Now, Lewis knows he'll have happy customers because he trusts all of his technicians to stand by their promise. From call to care, we'll be there. 720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. And again, Pam and Dennis Brewster with me today as well. Dennis is, you know, on a normal basis, but he drug Pam along. So, yep. so See, somebody texted as well. Well, first of all, that's why we've been married for 40 years. When I had the auto repair shop, that was my passion. This, this is hers. Is hers. Mm-hmm. You can hear it in her voice. Okay, so I yep. had this question come up. Give us one more time all of your background because somebody asked, how do you know so much, Pam? Yeah, so first my d- desire for any kind of plants was when I was young, but um, but actually I went through the CSU um, Master Gardener program over 20 years ago. Nice. Yeah, so. but you went through it how many times? Well, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I continued and I was I was involved for over 20 years. Yeah. And so I'm kind of retired from that, but um, but I still, you know. Nice. But then what stuff. did you do for a living? Where, where did you and work? And so I worked at the um, Kiowa Conservation District and also the, the uh, Douglas County Conservation District where I helped uh, landowners with um, any kind of management of, uh, of their property. For horse management, like yeah. if grazing? Yeah, grazing management, um, any kind. Control. Of, yeah, weed control, planting um, certain um, nice. grasses. Um. You know, if you're driving down the road, like down Parker Road, you'll look to the left uh, towards the mountains and you'll see a row of trees. Well, that's what they would also do is they uh. would go in there and get a row of trees for a, a, a living snow fence. Right. So, correct, yeah. So in Douglas that's County, they had tw- they, we have uh, 28 living snow fences, which, which um, they're all mature trees now, and it's really nice because it's mm-hmm. a natural way mm-hmm. for, the, for the snow to be stopped there instead of going on to major roads. And then they also had dams, right? Water de- watershed dams? Yeah, watershed dams. dams. Okay. Yeah. yeah. For water yeah. control. Perfect. Yeah. All right, let's go to the phones. Tom in Morrison is asking a question. Tom, welcome. How are you? Hi, good morning. Um, you're, you know, you just kind of got my interest on, uh, you know, the Russian olives. Sure. Uh, my wife owns a house in Englewood. Uh, it's probably the third biggest lot in the in the city, and uh, it has a Russian olive on it mm. that is 
probably 20 inches in diameter on That's the a big trunk. One. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and you know, and we'd love to cut it down, but it is on the west side of the house, and in the summertime, at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, when the sun is beating down on... Uh, and then they also have dams, right? Water Hang dams, on, i got to turn my radio Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah with yeah. the delay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, uh, you know, but at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, it shades the house. Sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, sure. You know, but, uh, you know, the other comment is, you know, you were talking about the size of, you know, trees. When she bought the house back in 2001, uh there was a silver maple in the front yard, Ooh. Ooh, and it was tree. only like, you know, uh, three, four inches, maybe, probably three inches in diameter. And, uh, you know, newly planted one, it is now almost 16, 18 inches. Wow. And mm-hmm. the, yeah, I mean, the, the okay. thing is huge. <laughs> you know, with just the ER, you, you see the, the, you know, growth progress over the years mm-hmm. you know uh it's you know it's incredible you know and you, you know it's one of those things that we're you know saying well should we get it cut out of well there? No, that, no, you know on the on on that one given the fact that it's not in a hedge it's not near a waterway it's really not impacting anybody else around you i i wouldn't mess with it yeah i'd leave it yeah i wouldn't either Trim i mean it like you need to yeah yeah there's uh, russian olives everywhere you know but it's not i don't believe it's mandated you know by the, well the state isn't going to say okay everybody cut down their russian olives they just will not you know don't sell want them. to sell them anymore yeah. no they don't want any new ones exactly no, no right ones. exactly so you're fine i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't cut it down because it's given shade i mean right. that's i Leave it. Yeah. We have and it would take on years our and years and years too. to get that back. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like Pam yeah. just said, we have some Russian olives on our, tr- yeah, on our that property, we but we're not going to plant anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And if it dies, then we'll cut it down. Right. But that's it. I think you're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Right. Well, there's, there's a green belt uh, down off of Wadsworth Boulevard um, that, you know, like Wadsworth and Hamptons, you know, so, right. uh, Wadsworth and Eight Yale, mm-hmm. yeah. and they, you know, the the uh, Lakewood City went through there, and you know, just it was just filled with Russian olives, mm-hmm. and you know, cut it all out of there, and uh, you know, over the years. And, yeah, there uh, are there are definitely areas where. They, they have need, they have definitely done that. And then they yes. needed to. And that yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a green belt it mm-hmm. would do there. In that yeah. situation you'd want to do that. But you're you don't fine, want those Tom. spreading. Yeah. But in your case, Tom, you're yeah. good. Yeah, just leave it. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, you know, in the in the other uh point uh you know that I wanna bring up is um uh you know, noxious weeds. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh I li- I have a house up in the foothills and you know there's no way you can take you can stop these things from growing. I mean, it, it's just it's prolific. Right, I mean, and I some are some are harder to eradicate, definitely, or can even control than others, depending right. what species you have. But you can't control. Oh, them. absolutely. I mean, it is crazy. I mean, right. you know, for for 20 years, I on the uh, the property, you know, on my hill behind my house that. I backfilled, I put in, you know, native grass and, you know, sprayed and mm-hmm. did everything. 
and you just can't. Nobody else takes care of it. Jefferson County used to have a, uh, a, a program where they come up and, and spray the weeds, you know, and tell people, you know, try to educate them on, you, right. know, you know, killing off their weeds and, uh, you know, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Nobody does it. <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy. And, you know, I've, this, you know, I, I kind of gave up on it. I mean, you, you just can't keep up with it anymore, you know. I mean, if you have any type of acreage at all, it's... Uh, insane right I, to, uh... I, right tom i and i think what's what's difficult and what i had to um, a lot of calls on um all over these 20 years was that um you know the neighbors wouldn't take care of theirs you're trying to take care of yours the neighbors don't the you know they go to seed and then just keep spreading it is a um definitely um definitely hard you know but but all you can do is is the best that you can you know to control yours on your property are you able to mow those or what kind do you know what you have uh but i you know i'm not sure exactly i'm the thing my old neighbor uh was an herbalist and Mm -hmm. he you know he he called the stuff bad weed And, you know, I think, I think you know, because there's so many um, noxious weeds on that list, you know, if you know how, what kind of weed you have, you know how it's growing, you'll know how to control it and manage it. And you can go to yeah, CSU you know, Extension I mean, and find that right, out, too. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Right, basically. But, you know, I'll go out on, on the frontage, uh, you know, property and, uh, you know, spray everything with uh, ground clear. <laughs> so, you know, kills it. supposedly it's supposed to kill it off for a year, but the stuff, you know. Is that a broadleaf killer or is that does that kill everything? I haven't heard of that one. Because because you don't want to because if you if you use like a broadleaf killer for these noxious weeds then it'll keep your grass you know if you have competition with these weeds from something that you want like grass that's what you want you right. want you don't want just you want Roundup yeah 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 you yeah you don't want Roundup because it'll kill your grass and then they'll just keep coming up so yeah. you want competition and let that good stuff right. take over yeah. the weeds. Right. Well, basically, I'll I'll buy the the, the paved road. You know, the, the frontage out there. Uh, you know, I just want to. You know, I kill it all off. You know, ground clear kills it. You know. Yeah, and in that type of an area, that's fine. There's yeah, no issues doing that's that. Fine that's fine. There, sure, yeah. No, no problem there. Tom, I got to run to yeah. break. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for the phone call. Thanks, we will Tom. come back and talk about the amendment. We haven't got that yet, but right. we will cover that in the next segment. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Fix It Radio, KLZ five sixty. Can you believe how low rates are staying? Still in the twos. Back in the 40s and the 50s, rates were in the 5 to 6% range. How much longer are you going to wait? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable Interest Mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where our reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. 
Regulated by DOOR, NMLS 298-191, equal credit lender. Arc Electric is family owned and operated since 1999. They specialize in all things electrical, commercial and residential, and are specialists in living off the grid when it comes to your power needs. Exclusive electrician for Xcel Energy's HomeSmart program and for Blue Ribbon Home Warranty. For security and customer service, they'll notify you via text message or phone call when a tech is dispatched to your home. And also who that tech is so you know when they're on their way and who'll be helping you. They also have a big announcement. They will soon be offering HVAC. Arc Electric is also looking for team members that can troubleshoot and are great with customers and with technology. And as they add HVAC, those techs are needed as well. So for all your electrical heating and AC needs, it's Arc Electric. That's Arc with a K. Call 303-656-3689. That's 303-656-3689. The rebate program with American National Insurance saves everyone money by incentivizing responsible money management. Depending on the cost, customers of Paul Lewinberger will sometimes choose to pay out of pocket rather than making a claim because they'd rather receive the sizable rebate at the end of three years than pay their deductible now. As a result, American National Insurance tends to pay out fewer claims each year compared to the competition, which is in part what gives them an A credit rating. American National Insurance then passes along that benefit to their customers by keeping their rates as good or better than their competition. With other insurance companies, you'd need to purchase extra rider policies at additional cost in order to receive comparable coverage. But American National Insurance rewards personal responsibility. Call Paul Lewinberger now for more comprehensive home insurance coverage at remarkably reasonable rates. 303-662-0789. 303-662-0789. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air listens to their customers. After every AC installation, the customer service team at Absolute calls the homeowners to thank them for their patronage. During the phone call, they also ask about the customer's experience with Absolute. The leadership team at Absolute takes customer feedback seriously, implementing company-wide changes based on the responses they receive. Just in the past couple of months, Absolute has hired their first team of boiler techs based on customer demand so they may serve homeowners with non-traditional heating systems this winter. Normally, HVAC companies have a hard time finding boiler techs because boilers require a very specific skill set. Fortunately for Absolute, techs want to work for a company that listens. Thanks to their 800 Google reviews, averaging 4.9 stars out of 5, Absolute attracts some of the most experienced talent in the industry. Call the team that listens, 720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Dennis Brewster with me today, as he always is, and Pam, his wife, with us as well. I got a couple of questions that came in via text message, Pam. We're going to talk about soil amendment, which this one sort of ties into. Mm -hmm. So how much water per week should a new tree get? Is it better to fertilize the tree now or in the spring? Do the fertilizer spikes work as good as the liquid fertilizer that's injected with a probe? So those are all great questions that do go along with the soil amendment end of it as well. So let's just talk through that. Okay. So to, so to start out with, um, 
it depends uh, what kind of soil you do have at the beginning, you know, on how much you're going to water it. Like I said um, before, that uh, clay soil definitely holds more water. Sandy soil doesn't. So when you... Sandy um, soil it runs out of. Exactly. So that's why you want to amend them both, as I had talked about earlier, that, you know, with the clay soil, it's going to break it up so you, it's more... Um, more air can get down yeah. in there. And what are we amending it with? So you can amend it with any kind of, like a sheep and peat, any kind of, um, or EKO compost. Any kind of a compost is what you want to amend it with. Okay. You know, don't do the sand with the, the, the clay. It's going to be adobe brick, you know, so you don't, okay. you don't want <laughs> yeah. to do okay. that. Yeah. So okay. have it be a compost. Any okay. kind of compost is fine with that. And how far out from the ball do we need to go? Um, so like, um, so like, so say we have a the three foot diameter ball. Yeah. If you have a three foot diameter ball, I mean, what you want to do is always make the, you can always make the, the holes on the sides wider, like a, you could go a foot, okay. you know, and, um, but then, um, you don't want it any deeper because you don't want, when you, you want plant sink, it, right? it doesn't want to sink because that was it's my next sink. question. Where do we want the top of the ball in regards to the level of the ground where do we want the top of the ball yeah at? and how big of a tree are you talking about well let's just talk the two inch caliper tree that we've been okay. kind of talking about yeah, so where do could, we want that you could go um about two inches two to three inches the top of the ball so it can you know shed off okay so that so do we that put a fine. trench around the outside of the ball to let that water soak in or how do we do that um you could people you don't really have to okay. you know um because you see people do it that's why i'm asking right right you know as long as it's far enough away you know but then but then what's going to happen if you keep that trench there that water is going to stay there and those roots on the outside aren't going to get the water so really where you want to water a tree is where the drip line is and that's the end of the branches so if you have that trench there it's just going to keep it all right there you don't want that okay. you want those you want to encourage those roots to go out so you want that water on the outer farther it, out it, not it, right it, in the middle it, exactly right okay. and so 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 depending on what what um, kind of soil you have for planting that tree and how much to water it do you have the sandy soil or do you have the the clay soil? Okay. So usually, because um, I've know, also seen trees get drowned, exactly. If they're planted in an area where there's a lot of water runoff and things like that, or people have over watered them to where they drowned as well, because that's something else you have to. There's a there's a fine line here between exactly. not enough and too much. Correct? Yeah, because because things are definitely going to die quicker with too much water because they don't have the oxygen. Okay. So you know, in a drought situation, they're they're better off than than sitting in the water for sure. Okay. So depending on what kind of soil, what I would do is, um, you know, you can water it. Like once a week, it, it it depends when you're planting it. You know, in the heat of summer is going to be different than right, than it is now. Than now, exactly right. So, and 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 here's just a just a good rule of thumb is um, no matter where you plant it or what kind of soil you have, always stick your finger in the soil. If it's moist, um, an inch down, you don't need to water it. Okay. You know, so you have to gauge. You have okay. to know. You know, because it's going to be different no matter what okay. what you plant. The fertilization back to that and the question of the spike versus the liquid which is better or does it matter or yeah. does it need it so it doesn't need it so so when you're first planting a tree I mean it's already in shock it doesn't have to then try to then take fertilizer up you know so so wait usually a year and then you can start fertilizing in the spring okay is Either that necessary or is there you know or should we rely on the nutrients in the soil itself so if you have a clay soil you're going to have more nutrients so you don't really need to you know some people just psychologically like to do it it's not okay. going to hurt it if you did it okay you one know. thing one thing we do is we put uh, mulch around them right. and a that ring. holds the moisture in. Right. 
Yeah, that's definitely, uh, you know, it uh, what kind, doesn't matter what kind of soil, you definitely need to, to mulch around it. And the farther out, you know, three, four inches, you know, if you're not putting it in a yard. Or if, even if you are putting it in a yard. Still do that, de- yes. Definitely do. Yeah. You don't. You yeah, don't. put a ring around it. Yeah, exactly. because that moisture will stay right. in there and, right. and you don't have to water it as much. Also, it, you it, know, you don't, don't rely on the, um, don't rely on the yard watering to water it. You have to have it its own drip. It has, yeah, it has to have its own water system. Yes. So just know that. Yes, yeah. that's a that's a big mistake that a lot of folks mm-hmm. make as well. You can't just rely on the water that's spraying out of the sprinkler. You need an actual Correct. drip going down to it. Exactly. And, and by the way, when you're watering a tree, watering its branches does nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, it does take in... You know, they transpire, they, you know, the water goes out, but it also do take in the water. So you but not can. like it would in the roots, right, when you're doing the drip, is my point. Oh, no, no. So, but what I would do, if you do have drip, that's great. That's what you have to have is, is it down at the roots. you want those roots to get... Exactly right, uh, but but don't don't feel like oh I can't you know fr- spray the spray the leaves you can because you can you know wash off any kind of pollution too or any kind of okay. dust you know definitely. But that's but it, not where the tree is getting its main moisture. It, from. It's it's not. Okay. That's just an added. Okay. Hey, let's just okay. do this every once in that's a while. What I was getting, yeah, that's what I was getting at. Is you can't water the tree by just <laughs> yes. spraying its yes, leaves. Correct. You've got to have drip or something going down and making those roots go out to get to that water. Exactly right. And again, you know, water at the drip line which is where the end of the branches are did you have another question on the text line uh we had one more about how to kill the uh, sumacs the chinese sumacs oh which honestly i don't know i don't know they're tough i have just cut them down they're tough yeah yeah yeah, and just spray the foliage you know is all you can do because then it'll draw it down into the roots but that's about it i have one where literally i cut the thing down to a stump every year and by the end of the year it's about 15 to 18 feet tall we're dealing with that with elm trees right now they, we just, just they can't just, get they literally blow up. Those, yeah. yeah, we have to spray the elm trees. They're just coming back. <laughs> There's just no way to kill them otherwise. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. my gosh. Right. So, okay, and we've got like one minute left. And, folks, I think this is also very important. And this is the, the difference in whether you – maybe you know this, maybe you don't. But there is a difference in the actual weed killers that you're buying even at the big box stores. doesn't matter where it's at. It could be Costco, Home Depot, Lowe's, you name it. You go down the list. There's, you know, everybody's selling some sort of mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. a weed control uh, product. Mm-hmm. There is a com- complete, you know, you kill everything, including the soil, or they claim you do. It really doesn't because even after several years, the, the soil will rejuvenate and still come back and weeds will pop back up and so on. But then there's that broadleaf control Ann talked about, which is really important to use in those grassier areas where you want the grass to still grow and be, you know, because the best way, by the way, even in a yard, the best way to keep the dandelions and the weeds and everything else out is to have a healthy lawn. Mm-hmm. Yes. If your lawn is super yes, healthy, exactly. fertilized, aerated, everything's working well there, and it's doing what it needs to do, you won't have that many weeds, period, because Correct. it's taking over all of that. Yes, it's a competition. There exactly. you go. That good competition, yes. We all need right. to get her back on. We're going to get her back on. Now, we've already had several requests to have Pam back on, so we will do that. Dennis, thanks for dragging her yep. along. Yeah, you if you're listening on Tuesday as well, if you've got any questions, please text us. I'll get to Dennis and get to Pam. Get your questions answered. That's not a problem. 307 200-8222. Pam, thank you. Dennis, as always, My appreciate pleasure. it as well. Yep. All right, Drive Radio coming up next. If you're listening on Tuesday, it's Rush to Reason, but hang tight. We'll be right back here after the top of the hour news. This is Fix It Radio, KLZ 560.